Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Before we get to today's topic, we first wanted to say at Alice Lane, we truly believe that you should have spaces in your home you love. And these spaces also flow seamlessly with your lifestyle. This can be difficult to achieve, so we knew we needed to create something for you, our home furnishings design service. We have a team of skilled designers who will work with your budget, help you space plan, and curate each piece down to the very last layer to transform your home. The most amazing part is this service is complimentary. Our designers are available nationwide, and they'll work with you in-store, in-home, virtually, or over the phone. For more details and information, email us at designrequest at alicelanehome.com or call us at 800-423-7757 or or click the link in our show notes. Again, that's designrequest at alicelanehome.com or just call us at 800-423-7757. Now back to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dear Alice. Today, we are talking pattern scale, rhythms, and repeats. This is a really important part of design. It keeps things from looking too stale, too static, too flat. Yeah, and it takes it to looking to something that has a story. Mm -hmm. It's a storytelling, and whether that's an architectural story you're trying to tell or just like a maximalist pattern on pattern on pattern, or ultra traditional, you know, where you have like the same you know, wallpapers, you do the florals and all all those things play off of each other to tell the story that you want to tell in your house. Mm -hmm. And it's a really powerful tool and one that we love to flex in all the spaces that we do and reflect the client's taste. So Mm, yeah, very good. Yeah. So for instance, like that floral wallpaper you just talked about done petite feels sweet, like a little girl's bathroom done large, a a liner of a hat box. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Done or like a liner of a underwear drawer. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Or a kerchief out of a, like a man's pocket square, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Or a Easter morning situation (laughs) or done large. It feels very romantic and Southern. Yeah. Yeah. So the scale of things, the scale of patterns also changes things quite drastically. So it's important to get it right and it evokes a certain feeling mm-hmm. depending on what it is you're trying to create. And these are the tools that designers use over and over again to get extraordinary results or results that feel familiar. Um, I remember when we were doing a home, gosh, probably seven years ago, um, this, this client, uh, it was actually a, a project that was published in El Decor and it's like a 26,000 square foot home, uh, shake shingles. It kind of looked like a beach home. We call it the coastal contemporary in our um, portfolio. And when we met him, he just always dreamed of having a black and white checkered entry. He said his aunt had a black and white checkered entry and she wore f- fake eyelashes and he always knew she was very successful and one day when he grew up, he wanted that for himself. And it was actually the gentleman that wanted it. And so we, we did get him a black and white checkered entry. If you look at the portfolio, you'll see what we did. Um, it was kind of a playoff of that. But there's things like checkerboard that always evoke a certain feeling. Yeah, it really does. And if you look, I think in, we're just talking about just different regions of the world. And if you, if you find yourself being drawn to a very like organic, cool Moroccan Mexico vibe. If you look at pictures of just like these historic towns and these buildings, they have really rad tile patterns 
in checkerboard. And I feel like it's everywhere. It's in Europe. It's everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. You see that checkerboard, but it's interpreted in a different way with a different material. And that's when I think you can key in to like, what is your style? How do you Mm -hmm. apply that into your home? And, And I think that that's when you start to kind of build the layers. And I think when we talk about pattern today, I think we kind of want to talk about it like on the shell of the house, how we use it, um, pattern. And then just like in those topical things, the treatments on the walls, the window treatments, a lot of people have questions on just like how many, how many patterns on pillows is too much. And so we'll kind of touch on that too. But, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just like Jess was saying, I think also pattern, I think we have strong memory correlations to it too. I think we can all remember like things, you know, I remember my grandma had like these scarves. I remember her wearing them and those patterns like have become art on my walls. And, you know, just like our client, he saw his aunt's checkerboard floor. Mm -hmm. And like, that's something that like brought something wonderful to him. And that was a pattern. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a really beautiful way to give homage to your history and what, how you grew up, what you saw in your, in your grandma's house Mm -hmm. that like you loved and, it has anyway, memory points. It totally you has remember memory it. points. Yeah. And I think as you design your home that you should think about what those should. memory points are going to be, because even though it's for you, the people that come by will associate those patterns or rhythms of wall paneling or mm-hmm. um, whatever it may be. They might remember your powder bath, but those things are the things that tell your story. And mm-hmm. so we just wanted to talk about what they mean and um, how to do it and um, just kind of some of the feelings and thoughts that they evoke. So the first one, we did um, put it out to our audience to ask if people had questions about pattern, scale, rhythms, or repeats. And um, one of the first questions they had was how to do plaid without it looking like a farmhouse. <laughs> Fair. Okay. So when we go back to the plaid, I mean, we kind of talked about the black and white checkered floor. I think that that is still considered, I'm going to put it out there as that kind of geometric plaid foundation. I don't think a black and white checkered floor in any region where it's, whether it's a terracotta or a marble feels farmhouse. And I think we've done it in a lot of different ways that make it feel quite modern. That isn't a standard checkered board, but it's a variation of that. I remember I, we designed a home, gosh, when did we do that home? And I did that plaid entry. It was just like remarkable. (laughs) Anyway, it was just, it was so beautiful. And I was just like pillaging, trying to find a really um, cool archived plaid to make this like space feel really historic Mm -hmm. and very foundational because of the story we were trying to tell with this house. We kind of built it where this portion of the front of the house was supposed to feel like it had existed there for hundreds of years. Oh yeah. And then like through the tile patterns. And then we had this like add on that was supposed to like tell that story to this historic structure. And so it was through the tile patterns and the plaids and the different geometrics that we told the story of being classic versus what was newer. So I think you can like really reference history and something that's classic that you won't tire of. I think when you're talking about farmhouse, I think we've seen that modern farmhouse coined for so long. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is the Buffalo check, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and the, and a lot of like people like dove into that and did like printed tiles of Buffalo check and everyone's like, Oh, cute, cute. Mm-hmm. And they put it on the floor and they hate it now. So yeah. anyway, I think when you were, if, if you were about to like embellish on a plaid, I think you just like look toward history. You look toward history and you look mm-hmm. toward travel, like places you've traveled that you've loved the energy of that space and see how they did it. Cause I guarantee you they did a version of it. Yeah. I think somewhere of, somehow 
I think of plaid too. And um, I know for my own mother, my family, for lots and lots of clients that always want the same look that Ralph Lauren exudes. Mm -hmm. And when I think of plaids, I always think of Ralph, whether it has the teddy bear embroidered on it, a nonogram, a monogram, a horse, whatever. He does a really good job with this sort of preppy East Coast kind of a feeling. English traditional wool. Yes, yes, exactly. So I think that's a really, really rich, handsome uh, way that's traditional that's never going to go out of style. Mm -hmm. So if you're leaning into plaids, I think, yes, definitely look at the story it's going to tell. But to me, that's always a good one. Um, We just developed a really beautiful plaid rug. It's almost more modern because there's plenty of white space in it, kind of an irregular plaid. We just developed a hand-knotted rug called the fin rug that just um, dropped in our collection. And we have two really mini sizes for the kitchen sink, which are um, also hand knotted. So really good value for hand knot, both the fin and the five rugs. So those plaids I think are done really, really well. The colors are, are interesting. And um, I think they, they feel timeless too. So I think those are great patterns. Hey, well, if you're going to be introducing plaids, we always say when we're incorporating all these different patterns in a room, right? So you have, you know, if you're a big wallpaper, we might have a large scale floral mural, you know, Mm -hmm. but then like you do want to anchor that with some geometry. And so be it that a plaid, you know, in some of the upholstery or window treatments, you know, you can do combine these patterns if that's what you're drawn to, um, but know that they play well off of other opposite um, types of pattern. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, Can and should you have every pillow be a different pattern or do you use repeated patterns? Repeated patterns. I think we do it more as a repeated pattern. Like if we have a sofa, we have a really good pattern pillow and we're, and we actually did this for a client recently where she wanted to do this like really wild house of hackney fabrics. And so we put it on these lampshades and it was wild and we're like, we need to see it somewhere else. And so we put it on two of the pillows on the sofa and just seeing that repeated pattern. Yes, it's bold and it's wild and the scale so fun, but by seeing it more than once, it doesn't become such a shock in just that one corner mm-hmm. because it's it's kind of balanced throughout the room. So I think repeating it, I think, is the more successful. Yes. And then taking elements of that, be it like if, if this is kind of a mustard colored pattern on the field, we took that color and did a stripe in that same mustard over here on this sofa. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think it starts to be a really nice balance play. Um, I love what you said about House of Hackney. I think that's a really great resource. Yeah. So um, tell them, um, can you look up the, those of you that are on Instagram, I think you should look up this account. Mm-hmm. How do you spell House of Hackney? House of Hackney is H-O-U-S-E of O-F. Hackney is H-A-C-K-N-E-Y. Yeah, I yeah. have <laughs> to check myself. Give them a follow. That's really fun, especially if you oh. love pattern and scale. Yeah. Wallpaper is like fabulous. And like they do like the matching one trick that we love seeing that we've, we've, I think most designers have crushed on at some point a layer is when you have like the wallpaper that matches the fabric that matches. And again, that's a repeated pattern. Mm -hmm. So again, by seeing that more than once, it just kind of gives it some visual importance and then it doesn't become such a shock because there's more than one thing in it. Yeah, that's good. So Okay. Next question is, um, how do you know if you will love a pattern or print long-term or if you'll tire of it? I think it's funny. Um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I'd never tire of that. It's traditional. It's always, you know, it's always good in the world and the universe. But for, I, I feel like with us, with clients, it's like they, they're one style. And then when they want to do a house again, it's almost like they want to do the opposite thing. Yeah. 
So <laughs> it's not to say that that pattern's going to go out of style, whether or not you're in the mood for something new. That's really the question. Mm-hmm. So if you're like the same person always and forever, you always wear the same colors, the same type of jewelry, you never, you never veer from that. I know for myself, I get really sick of myself and I'm like, oh, I want to find clothes that don't look anything like me. Cause I'm mm-hmm. in a mood, you know? Yeah. So I make sure it fits well, but I just want to make sure it doesn't look like stuff I already have. Yeah. Some people just like stick with the same uniform because it feels really right to them. So if that's the case, you're probably not going to tire of your patterns. And, um, I think there's a lot of really universal patterns that are great long-term. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. And I, I think when you reference just the Ralph Lauren moment, mm-hmm. you know, that's really great. And I think Ralph Lauren does his pattern in a really beautiful way where sometimes it's really pared down where it's like in a big white space and it's like not a lot, you know, he'll use the same pattern, but it's just like with a lot more breadth to it versus one that's like really layered with hides and horns and all the different things. And so I think we have a client that we did the Tahoe tree house for actually. And there was a lot of just like just textures and things happening. And now we're doing another home for them and they want kind of like, they love that moment and they love that it's in the mountains and it evokes a feeling, but they're doing another house and it's in the Valley in California. And they just want it to be a lot lighter and like their kids are getting to a certain age where it is chaotic. And so they don't want a lot of pattern and a lot of visual busyness because of the stage they're at in life and what they've, the mood that they want that home to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and I think. I want calm. Yeah. Easy. And I think when, sense. when you're thinking of that too, we mentioned, obviously like you're, you're thinking of your floor and patterns. You're thinking of all these topical things that you're doing with pattern, but I was saying even like the chandelier that we choose for the room be it one with lots of arms and legginess, you know, that creates repeat and rhythm and pattern. And so when we're looking at all these things, well, if there's a lot happening, I'm going to go more toward a globe mm-hmm. or a bowl chandelier or something just to limit the amount of repetitiveness that I'm seeing up there too. So note, note that even those things, even though it's not a fabric pattern, still create a rhythm and a pattern in that space and, you know, we'll either create a calmness or a busyness. Yeah. And they also cast certain shadows at night. Yeah. So I know I have a globe um, in my entryway by Aaron Lauder and um, it's called the mill pendant and it casts, you know, it's like a, a casted um, sort of cage that, mm. that it is. It's this globe. Yeah. It's kind of a cage. It's kind of a sort of a plaid or a check that it casts all over the walls. I know we just installed a home that has chain sconces mm-hmm. and the walls look like they're ribbed at night. Yeah. yeah it's incredible. Amazing. Yeah. So that, you know, that's another thing that you pay attention to as a designer. Like if this texture is going to be giving off, mm-hmm. what are the other textures that are going to complement? Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't, I'm freezing, my husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, 
I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand, it's like slippery dolphin. Like your feet swishing around is so so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but cozy earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with cozy earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats, and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self care your sleep health, if you just head over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. You guys, we don't have to wait for a sale. You can use this anytime. Again, the code is DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. Better sleep awaits you with Cozy Earth. And to it. Exactly. Yeah. How do you coordinate patterns like mixing contemporary and traditional and still have it work? Ooh. Hmm. I don't know when I'm thinking of like contemporary and traditional patterns, I think a lot of times we're mixing profiles, Mm -hmm. contemporary and traditional and like playing with the actual like frame of the furniture piece. And I think Mm -hmm. that also creates rhythms, right? Like if you have a big wing chair, that's like has wood moldings on it and it has lots of different like carvings and intricacies. That's a pattern. Now, if I were to put a modern upholstery on top of that, Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about um, Catherine's entry. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, with her her marble floors make a pattern, but then her railings, um, the entryway, mm-hmm. those feel really clean, but then there's some beautiful soft lines mm-hmm. to them as well. And yeah. so it's just easier to, in my mind, I'm like, there's a really traditional floor, but then a little more cleaner railing. And I think mm-hmm. the juxtaposition between like a little bit cleaner with a little more traditional puts us right in that sweet spot of transitional where you're never really going to tire of it because I don't ever like leaning in fully to traditional. No, it's just a heavy lane. It is a heavy lane. Yeah. Yeah. So like lightening it up with a little bit simpler railing instead of a curly railing, because then otherwise the whole thing gets really heavy and very serious. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people's lifestyle just isn't that deep? You know, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like I was talking about just like the heavy wood carved chair or something. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we'll take something like that. That's traditional, but then we'll put like a wild mohair on it. That's solid. So it actually gives, you know, some, cleans it up. It cleans it up mm-hmm. and you can actually see the form of the chair instead of trying to like compete the two. And I think that that's a way to modernize something that is traditional. Do you think yeah. that's a good way of not tiring of something too, is to kind of just like kind of be blending styles rather than just go hardcore one way. I think so. I think, I think for so long we were just talking about, you know, the Cheskin era, you know, that it wasn't just Utah. I want to say it was like a lot of places. Cheskin is, (laughs) is, um, adding is connecting cheap with Tuscan for those of you who don't know. It's like Tuscan. That's not authentic, which is the way most people interpret it. It doesn't really look like Tuscany, but everyone leaned so hard in that era and they did it on their walls. It was heavy. Like, Uh chopped down plaster and it was like really just like heavy. Everything was heavy and everything was red, green or like gold and it was dirty. It was like a dirty color, but then, and they did it on their furniture. They had all had the red poppy paintings and anyway, it was just, it was too much. And so that for like, I don't know, a decade, we were just, peeling that off of everybody's We almost home. got buried alive by it. It was Guys, so heavy. It's a, we're, it's a miracle we're here. <laughs> really. I it like was the way, so bad. I like the way that you put it best is Olive Garden. <laughs> oh no, I'm like, <laughs> think about Olive Garden or the, the Carabas that used to exist. I don't even know if those are... Anyway, but it's just... house looked like an It Olive. doesn't look like Tuscany, y'all. 
Anyway, but just like lean, don't lean too heavy into one thing because you will tire of it. So to that pattern mm-hmm. moment, if you, unless you are, it's something historically that you're emotionally tied to and you don't know, you don't think that you're going to tire of it. Just, I don't know, keep your, keep it open and be okay that if you tire of it, you can replace it. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's true. Okay. So yeah. give yourself that freedom. Good talk, Sue. Cheers. <laughs> Next. <laughs> okay. So you kind of answered this already, but it was, should you repeat patterns throughout your house to make it cohesive? And you were saying, no, you'll tire of it if you do too much of a good thing. Yeah. So do you kind of, I mean, I feel like one, one way that you could do pattern throughout the house would be panel paneling in your hallways, yeah. in your stairwells, yeah. um, or in your stairwells, again, like the upper carpets or maybe a pattern and same with going down toward mm-hmm. the basement in a separate part of the house, you do the same beautiful um, patterned carpet to yeah. give it sort of a scarf runner detail in the middle of the home, something yeah. like that. So I do think that it's good to tie it in, in some place else so that yeah. it's not like this orphan of an idea hanging, a hanging Chad. You gotta, you gotta tie, uh, tie it in somewhere else. Yeah. And yeah. I like seeing things more than once. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? So even if it's just like a shape or like you said, just like you're seeing that carpet another time when we do a home, like if we have a wallpaper in this one house, I'll often say, okay, what was the wallpaper that we pulled for the powder? Let's make sure that those talk to each other so that as you're navigating through the house, they feel like they're part of the same home. They don't have to be the exact same thing but that they at least speak to the same human that occupies the space. Yes. So love yeah. that. Okay. Patterned carpet throughout the home or just in certain spaces, certain spaces. Yeah. Which would be like the closet, the closet, his and hers closets might be separate clo- um, carpets. If they're in different rooms, Yeah, the stair to share a room, then yeah. Yeah. Then they get the same pattern. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky him. Um, the stairs. Lucky him. <laughs> <laughs> that means the woman won. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think Sorry, this, gentlemen, if I you're know. listening. That's I funny. think the stairs, one thing I will say, we had a, our client recently in Dallas and we did this like really fun pattern going up their main stairwell, but it felt like, too formal for her back stairwell. Mm-hmm. So we found something that got along with it, but that it was a little bit more casual. So again, they spoke to each other pattern wise, mm-hmm. but they evoked different um formalities you know one was more formal and that was like the proper entry the other one was like their back of house for their children the children don't need the fancy one (laughs) also I find that if people have a theater in their home they sometimes like to do like a sculpted carpet Mm -hmm. or um, like something that has patterns sculpted into it or even they could use a pattern in the theater Mm -hmm. because it's a room where you want to have an experience yeah so yeah yeah Certain spaces for sure. We're always layering rugs on top of carpet anyway. So we're always keeping that in mind, which is why in a lot of these spaces, if it is a carpeted living room or if it is a carpeted, you know, even, even your bedroom, we're not going to say do a a pattern broad loom Mm -hmm. from wall to wall because we're going to add a rug that's going to have some type of pattern or interest to kind of give back to the space. Yep. At Alice Lane, we believe that you should have spaces in your home that you love and fit your lifestyle. This can be difficult to achieve, and that's why we created something for you. It's our home furnishing design service. We have a team of skilled designers who will work with your budget, help you space plan, and curate each space down to the very last layer to transform your home. The most amazing part is the service is complimentary. That's free, people. Our designers are available nationwide, and they'll work with you in-store, in-home, virtually or over the phone. For more details and information, email us at designrequest at alicelanehome.com or call us at 800-423-7757. 
or you can click on the link in our show notes. Okay, this is a trick question, Sue. I'm going to ask you, you have to answer it ready? because <laughs> I don't know the answer. So you have to provide one. Best pattern for traditional grand millennial nursery. <laughs> Best pattern for traditional grand millennial. You want a mural. Yes. I'm going to tell you to put a mural on your walls. If you're a grand millennial and then you're going to, you're going to layer all sorts of Uganuga and like velvet stripes and you're going to like, it's going to be a really good time in there. But mm-hmm. I would say, I would say go big. Mm-hmm. It's to like, make a big statement. It's like pastel right? brights and we don't know if it's a boy or girl. Well, boy or girl are just like a, if they're jungle, jungle theme. I want to <laughs> see like a forest in there, you know, just depending yeah. on the, your style for a grand millennial. I think you can go on a lot of different directions, but I think going big on your walls, if you're really, if you really are saying you're a grand millennial, you're leaning into that. I would say go big pattern on a mural in your wall mm-hmm. for your nursery. I think that would be the most transparent transportive pattern you can you could add you be it that baby would grow up to be such a fun adult right yeah. i know I, I imagine them being like a musician or i don't know an artist saying, yeah, a, an, artist an adventurer sure. or a zookeeper for sure yeah, yeah something fun okay yes any tips on combining patterns i think we mentioned this before that you know when we have a great pattern that we want to repeat we'll we'll do it more than once but we'll add a geometric and we always play with scale on patterns too, or we have small things with larger things and we won't, they won't match in scale. Mm-hmm. They will vary. And I think that that's a successful way of blending your patterns. Yeah. And I think also like soft, soft shapes like florals or, um, or like murals, like Susan saying with, um, geometric shapes that mm-hmm. always feels really good. It's like florals and stripes from the eighties and nineties, you know, those always made sense together, mm-hmm. right? I think it's the same concept, different look today. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Scale. But if you, okay, let's just like go to like, go to a Gucci ad. Yeah. Talk about pattern on pattern. Like mm-hmm. they do it really well and they do it in a wild way. So I think it's a, it's a great way to be expressive. Definitely. And, you know, I think we talk a lot about when we're, when we're doing the shell of a home, the shell of the home should like speak to its architecture and the story that that is speaking. And then everything on top of it, like is free game. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a maximalist, you're going to do a lot of fun patterns and a lot of cool wallpapers. You're going to wild carpet where you're supposed to. And you can just like pepper in all these other things that feel right. You'll know if it's not right. When you put a swatch in a room and you're like, gosh, I think I like it, but I don't think, I don't know if it's the right thing. Then, you know, immediately, I think the human eye knows when it's right and when it's wrong. So Mm -hmm. if it's not right, don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait for the right thing to come along. For sure. I'm going to talk about the Gucci store for a second. I was just there in Chicago over the holidays and um, the store on the Magnificent Mile is like such an experience, which I think a Gucci store should be an experience. And you know, if you're listening, if you want your home to be an experience. So the floors in the main space are a parquet floor in, in made out of wood patterned woods that are cut, you know, into small patterns and installed rather than straight lay. The stairs that go upward are um, plaid um, carpet. And then you get up to the top floor and it's, it's probably like 10 hand knotted rugs layered all over each other in this Mm. beautiful scene. And there's like a jewelry case on top of it. And then all of the gorgeous clothes just are so saturated and Mm. you just want to be a part of that world. And the sunglasses are oversized and you're just like tripping on this world. That's not like any other experience you've had. So if you want to create a home that's 
that's like an experience because you're a real individual. You're a celebrity. I'm pretty sure we have celebrities listening, don't we, Sue? Totally. <laughs> um, where you're, you're a real individualist. I think some of those incredible high fashion houses are really fun places to take notes. Gucci offers wallpapers now. Um, they had a whole wall of throw pillows that are embroidered with huge tassels. And you can get the look now for your own home. It's not just for fashion houses. So I think it's a really fun place to take cues on. How to incorporate scale and pattern and texture like embroideries and tassels and all of that. I think that's also very much the maximalism. Yeah. And yeah. I think fashion in general, like if you're drawn to Gucci, like I love their ads and I'm just like, I could live, I could live on that ad. Yeah. I love it, you know? And so I know that I like pattern on patterns, but if that like gives you hives and like you get nervous and anxious and you need a little bit more calmness, then try and find like what, what's your fashion note? Because that's likely what you're going to want to surround yourself with. Yeah, for certain. Yeah. You know that. And I, like she said, I think looking to your closet tells you a lot about you. We're working with a couple right now in Dallas and he does not like the color black in anything. And I said, why, what is wrong with black? And he said, I would never wear black shoes with a suit ever. I wear suede shoes. I have camel shoes. Um, I just, I won't wear black. So it's just like a standard rule for him and he cannot see why it belongs in a house, you know, and all, mm-hmm. the rest of us are like, uh, depth, um, you know, <laughs> Contrast? Like, yeah, like yeah. all of these magical things that dark shades do, but it's just not part of his vernacular. And that's great. Their home's going to be very ethereal and yeah. beautiful and it's going to be a real, you know, place of rest from, yeah. from the world. But he knows that about himself. So it's not going to be, his home's not going to be a place he'll tire of because he knows exactly yeah. how he likes to live. And I think that's why it's, that. it's a good note because a lot of you have so many questions. Obviously we have probably 40 questions here about, you know, pattern and scale and rhythm and repeats that we want to try and answer for you. But if you really do look to your wardrobe, it tells you a lot about yourself. You're yeah. fine making hundred dollar decisions about what you're going to wear. Mm-hmm. It's you get paralyzed when it's like thousand dollar decisions for your home, but yeah. always look back to your closet and what you're comfortable with. And yeah. that will help answer some of these questions yeah. for your home. If your closet isn't where you want it to be, look to ads mm-hmm. or look to what you want your closet to be before you start making expensive decisions. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So first question on scale we have is how do you decide, um, how do you decide scale for furniture size versus the size of the room? I mean, I start whenever we're space planning a room, like on CAD, the first thing I see is like, how big of a rug can I get in here? Okay. So if I have this, if I can fit a 12 by 15 rug, I know that my large pieces of furniture can like suit are suited for this room. Now, if it's a smaller room, I still try and go bigger. Just because, so I will just, all honestly, I think scale is like a really beautiful way to show luxury. Mm-hmm. And so just honestly, as big of a piece that you can fit with the other pieces that are going to be around it as well. Um, yeah. I don't know if that answered that question, but I think you did. I think just, yeah, don't, don't chimp out just because you feel like you have a small room. You don't need a 60 inch sofa. Are you going to be comfortable on that sofa? Is this a sofa that you're like want to lie in for watching TV and stuff? Really think about the function of the space, you know, mm-hmm. look at the scale of the room and see how big you can go. Yeah, for certain. Um, and if you can get all four legs of your furniture on that rug, you're going to look really wealthy. Yeah, for sure. If you can only fit the front legs of your furniture on it, at least do that. Do not, by any circumstances, put that rug in the middle of your room like a flying carpet and have no furniture touching it. 
Yeah. One coffee table is not enough to justify that small rug. Like you really do have to get it underneath, underneath your legs. So really there's no, there's no reason for a six by nine rug or a five by seven rug in anybody's house, unless it's in their entryway. I think we've said that before, but I just wanted to say it again. I thought in my living room that maybe 10 by 14 would like be too big. I had a nine by 12, um, up until like two weeks ago. And then I put the tent and it feels massive. So awesome. You feel, you feel like it's luxury, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Total luxury. Um, but yeah, I can, I can like attest to that because it literally like changed the feel and vibe and yeah. Makes us feel wealthy, as yeah. Jess would so say. So go bigger than you think. And your room looks huge, right? It really does, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. like, I could get 10 more people in here. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Anybody want to come over? I have a huge rug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. But the human eye, we immediately go to where like the ending of something. So if you have a smaller rug, my eye goes to where that rug meets the floor and it immediately just like shrinks it down. It's like the incredible shrinking machine. Mm-hmm. But if it's large, it stretches it. And it just like meanders to the next space when it is large. Mm-hmm instead of kind of limiting my, I don't know, my view. So I think same thing kind of goes with like the sectional, very, very popular piece of furniture today. It is going to make your room look huge, you know, versus separates, which is a sofa, separate chairs, separate tables, all of that. While you can get a really cool outfit popping because you have a lot of different pieces going, one large sectional is going to make it really expand your footprint. You're going to get a lot more bodies in there and it's going to be a really really large statement. That's a little bit more, um, cleaner. Yep. Yeah. So depending yeah. on your look uh, and then don't go ruin it by putting different patterns of pillows all over it. <laughs> no, don't do that. And I was going to say, if you have a sectional, just make sure you have appropriate size end tables too. Don't yes. have the sectional from wall to wall. Make sure you have like good end tables, make sure you have good lighting because if you do a big, I see this a lot, people will get a big sectional and then we'll get teeny little end tables if they have them at all. Yeah. And then like appropriate size coffee table or cocktail ottoman and make sure that sectional is like really grounded by a large rug if you're going to go that big. Mm -hmm. So again, start with your rug and then kind of like layer that on top and just kind of like appear like a little stacked cake, right? Like you just keep building Because if you think about sectionals today, they're not what sofas used to be, which was like 36 inches. Even if they were 36 inches, that means your end table should be 36 inches, which means you're shopping for a small dining table. Because it it should span the Uh depth of your sofa. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like 30 as inches best, at minimum. As best as it can. So you're not going to get a little spot table to be your end table because then your lamp's going to fall off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that sounds like we should all know that, but for some reason we do see a lot, real, a lot of really small tables or no tables at all. Yeah. So we need, we need a place to put our drink down. I'm a drink spiller, guys. Give me a table <laughs> yeah. to put my drink Give on. Give Sue a big table. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, okay. How do you know the right scale? Um, how do you know what the right scale is? How do I, how do I look at my room and find scale problems? Again, the human eye knows. I don't know if you're looking at your room, you're like something's off. I guarantee uh, your rug's too small. I guarantee your art's too small. You don't have big enough end tables or tall enough lamps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your art's way too small. It's and hung it's, too high. It's hung too high and it's too small. Yeah, your husband did that, like. Cause he's tall. Yeah. He's yeah. taller than he you. He can see it great, but you, you he hung even, it. And you don't he... even see your children's eyes anymore. <laughs> Cause it was a family <laughs> portrait on campus. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Totally. So get that down at your eye level. I think we've talked about it before. That's going to be 60 inches off the ground for most people. Mm-hmm. 58 for Sue. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Sometimes 57. Anyway, I was going to say, we just, we just put out this house in Utah style and design. It was called the sugar house in our mm-hmm. portfolio. 
And the thing I love about this house is like, it's not a huge house, but the art that we did is massive. It is huge. And it's one that you'd be like, if you saw it in a gallery, you'd be like, that belongs in an estate. But this like in this home, it makes the home feel so much grander. And I think, and we use like normal furniture and we space planned it in such a way, but in this smaller house, you can still do really great big tricks. And like by not doing small things in a small house, you're, you're leading the people that are living there and coming to your home to visit that this is a special house. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you a number for scale. We, I order inventory for this, for our store once a week. Um, and the art that we buy for the showroom is either 50 by 50 inches or it's 96 by 60. And that's like the size, that's like a sofa sized piece of art or something you would hang above a sectional 96, 96 wide by 60 high. Sounds crazy. It looks awesome. It looks awesome. Your room looks really big. It sells all day, every day too. And you only have to buy one of them yeah. for that above the sofa instead of like five things and mm-hmm. wonder why those things aren't working. Yes. Yeah. I know that those are kind of big, huge numbers, but it's, but it's like, that's what you need to get the job done. And it's the rule for everything. It's mm-hmm. the rule for art. It's the rule for pillows. Don't have a bunch of dumb little pillows, guys. Mm-hmm. Strip those off your sofa right now. Let's Go. Just talk about pillow sizes. Okay. Yeah. If you have like a normal, like a large, decent, comfortable sofa, right? Like in your corners, like you can even have like a, honestly, like a 24 or 26 by 26 Mm -hmm. in those deep corners. Like, but yeah, 26 by 26 is like a Euro size pillow. Right. That's kind of the size you need in the corner of a sectional. Don't you think that that's like the Leapco ones? Like those are about that. 26 by 26. Yeah. 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 And then you'd want like 24s in your corners or 22s. Yeah. What they sell at home goods is 18. Yeah. And you're going to look and be like, why isn't that working? It's because it's too small. And then you think you need to buy more of them. It's just like a whole bunch of chiclets just sitting on your sofa. And then you're going to, again, have, you're going to be like, what that question on like how many, how many patterns, too many patterns. That's what came to my mind when we read that. I'm like, I guarantee that person is possibly like layering all these pillows on her sofa and saying, maybe this will help. Mm -hmm. But really, if you just go bigger (laughs) on the scale, you don't need to have that issue. Yeah. Okay. So we have another question, Sue. Go ahead and ask that. I have high ceilings, but I love small art. <laughs> You're such a jerk. How do I hang it without it looking dinky and cheap? Okay. I have a good a good answer for you. If you have high ceilings, but you love small art, you are going to go very Tulum here. And you're going to do white plaster on your walls. <laughs> And, and just envelop it in a texture. And then you're going to take that beautiful Christmas that you have and you're going to frame it really rad and you're going to put it on that wall and have it just be a very like sacred little moment. But you have to, if you're going to do small art on a big wall, that art has to be kick-ass and it has to have a dope frame and it has to be like a really reverent moment mm-hmm. where like nothing else should distract from it. So it has to be an experience that you're trying to give to that space. But if you just have huge walls with a bunch like of five by sevens of just your kids, you know, on that one wall, there's, that's, that's no way to celebrate your art. No way to celebrate your family. Go bigger people. Like Mm -hmm. if you have tall ceilings, please go larger. If you like small art, put those on smaller walls. In the bathroom. In the bathroom on narrow little walls in the bedroom. Above the toilet. Yeah. There's lots of spaces that we will do that. We'll do stacks. Or like in an easel on your mantle. Yeah. Yeah. Layer those things. But the eye wants a large backdrop. Mm-hmm. Good. That's okay. great. Love that. 
Okay, um, you always say go big, 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 but when should we go small? Those spaces above the toilet. <laughs> okay, when should you go small? Um, I agree with you. <laughs> or small art's also really cute on like um, above the stove, don't you think? Oh, special. Like yeah. a little gloppy oil of yeah. a countryside. But, but again, when it's small, it's special. It is a gloppy original oil with a really dope frame. And it's in a small space. Yeah. Like you're having an intimate time when you're boiling yeah. water. Or it's just, <laughs> it's, it's just so special that you just offset it so lightly, you know, like anyway. Yeah. Or We're moving our your- hands, so I hope you guys know what that looks like <laughs> yeah. on how we would apply this. <laughs> For sure. But, yeah, I'm trying to think of other other times. I to think if small. you're going to go yeah. small, just get an easel and then put it on a surface, a piece of art. Yep. Or if you have small accessories, um, group them together in families and use them in your built-ins. Yeah. But they need a small setting, like a built-in, yeah. right? Or above the stove or a little bathroom. Small things go in small spaces, Big things go in big spaces. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Otherwise you have to create a gallery out of the small things and put those in a hallway because a hallway is more narrow and it's smaller than a big room. Mm-hmm. And study, I would say if you like all these small things, will you study some magazines and find an application where you've seen the small thing be used successfully? I think that that's going to be your key and being like being able to use the small things you love and like looking at your space and being like, okay, we finally, we finally nailed the space. Okay. Yeah. So Study out spaces and how you can apply the small things, but then also notice where they did large things and why that's successful. Awesome. Okay. Um, really quick. Uh, one question, right? Right. Lamp size for a living room. Oh man. Depends on the living. I'm a big fan of huge lamps. Yeah. I mean, I we would know. say minimum size is going to be 30 inches tall. That yep. goes for your nightstands. That goes for your end tables. Yeah. Buffet lamps. Sue has one that's 48 inches tall yeah. in her house. Uh, if you get into the 20 inch lamp sizes, then I think you're going to need really big art behind it or yeah. something, but really and that's for more of like, I would say like if you like desk task, it's body, like maybe, the, the, la- the light the will shine light on, on like your a, book. Yeah. But if you want to look like a baby angel while you're sitting on your sofa and have that light cast onto your cheekbones that you so yeah. carefully chiseled with your bronzer, then yes. Then you want that lamp. You want that lamp by your face. Yeah. So you look really gorgeous. It just depends on if you want to look good in your house or not. <laughs> Do you want to be awesome? <laughs> 30 inches. Or you're not. Yeah, it's just 30 inches yeah. on the right size lamp or bigger. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. A few basics on pattern and scale. There's um, things from the floor where you're going to bring in pattern. Um, hardwood floors, you can do it in herringbone, chevron, Concentric squares, diagonal floors. We stay at this beautiful hotel in in, uh, Palm Springs as diagonal wood floors. Oh man, that lights my fire. I love it. And that's so interesting that it's so simple, but it does such big things. It's like space expanding. They only use, I mean, they didn't do anything else. They just turned it. Yeah. You know, 45 degrees. And you're just like, what happened? Where am I? It's so good. Yeah. We're building a new store right now for Alice Lane um, in also in Utah and we're going to do diagonal hardwood floors. Yeah. Just spoiler alert. So just you guys wait for it. it. It's going to be good. Huh, so Corey? cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Another place to get pattern is going to be in your rugs on the ground. Yes. It's going to be your biggest piece of art you're going to buy. Yep. That's going to be at least 10 by 14. At least. Isn't that funny? Like really at market this or, last time, like no, that's what we were ordering. 9 by 12 is probably the smallest thing that you should buy. Yeah. yeah. Unless you have a big entry, then buy an 8 by 10. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then paneling is another beautiful way. Yes. I think this is a great way. And I think you can do a lot of interesting things with paneling. 
study it. If you're like thinking about using this in your house and if you have big walls or if you have small walls, it can be used in either kind of space. Um, and there's lots of cool moldings you can do. So study out finished work, study out different types of paneling. Um, because it'll, it'll make a space feel like a hotel lobby, you know, depend. Yeah. So I'm excited for you. Do that. Um, tiles, another one that we do love doing pattern with. I feel like we're really good at making custom tiles, um, and patterns for a space. And I think, again, it can kind of speak to either a history of the storytelling you're trying to do. Um, you obviously you have tile in your showers, you have tile everywhere and you will play with the scale of those different tiles. So play with that study pictures that you like mm-hmm. and use it in your home. It's really, really fun. Love that. Um, upholstery. Yeah. You can usually get a little bit of pattern, I think in Ottomans or a chair, mm-hmm. um, that sort of stuff. You could even do a really small scale on a sofa. Mm-hmm. And we, we time. have seen like really, I feel like at market, we saw some really cool, like linear geometric ones and a cool weave on sofas. Yeah. Depending on your style, if you can, you can pull that off. Yeah. Go for it. If you're Kelly Wurstler, just do a huge yeah. diagonal pattern on your sofa. Damn. Yeah. Sure. She's cooler than us. She's, yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> She's had to think about it. You know the sofa. You know what we're talking about. Yep. It's beautiful. Um, and then obviously artwork, I think, also brings in a beautiful pattern. It does. Yeah. Just like rhythms. And I think even a lot of, I don't know, artwork that we're drawn to are textiles, too. Yes. You know, which I think obviously have a nice repeat. So. Mm-hmm. I found yeah. a magical bolt of fabric and turned it into draperies for my bedroom and a Roman for my bathroom that has uh, kind of calligraphy heads all over it. And they were like Roman heads and it still makes me so happy every day. I see that pattern as draperies. So that's another great place to get it. Um, so lots of really fun ways to incorporate pattern scale rhythms and repeats. Um, Thanks so much for listening to, to today, guys. If um, we've always wanted for everyone to have some of Alice Lane in their home. So we created a program where you can have one of our design specialists help you pull your home together one room at a time. They'll help you in your space plan. Um, they can source every single piece down to the very last layer. And get this, these services are complimentary and they're offered nationwide. So if you're interested, just email us at designrequest at alicelanehome.com or you can call 800-423-7757. Again, you can email us at designrequest at alicelanehome.com or call us at 800-423-7757. We're so excited to work with you. Thanks again for joining us. We've always wanted everyone to have some of Alice Lane in their home. So we've created a program where you can have one of our design specialists help you pull your home together one room at a time. They will help you space plan and source each piece down to the very last layer. And get this, these services are complimentary and offered nationwide. For more details and information, email us at designrequest at alicelanehome.com or you can give us a call at 800-423-7757. Again, email us at designrequest at alicelanehome.com or call us at 800-423-7757. We are so excited to work with you. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 